When you stop and think about all that's going on today in the good old USA, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 330 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view. Mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is the Truth Hurts Program. Good afternoon, everybody. It is still Tuesday. It is still September 15th, the middle of the month of September 2020. This is the afternoon edition of the Truth Hurts program, and I am still your host, Steve Z. The Democrats keep talking about this terrible Trump economy, but they're missing one very important thing, the facts. In just a minute, I'll tell you a little bit about this terrible Trump economy. At the end of 2019, you know, the year before this one, the year that ended nine and a half months ago, but seems like it was 10 years ago. You know, the year that the U.S. stock market finished at record highs, thanks to the remarkable leadership of Donald Trump. You know, the year... 2019, where the Dow Jones finished the year at 28,538 points, the NASDAQ finished at 8,972 points, and the S&P 500 finished at 3,230 points? Yeah, that year. The year of great economic recovery. The year of massive drops in unemployment. Even though the Democrats have tried every dirty, nasty, corrupt trick in their playbook to oust a duly elected leader of the free world, even after the Russian collusion hoax, which by the way was proven to be a hoax after over three and a half years of investigation by the world's finest investigators, an investigation which failed to reveal one single solitary shred of evidence to support their lies. Even after the phony Steele dossier bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton, even after the fake FISA court documents and the illegal spying on the Trump campaign, even after false accusations of corruption for influence peddling in the Ukraine, which by the way was a 180 degree phase shift from what actually happened. You know, how Joe Biden extorted the former Ukrainian president to fire the national prosecutor who was hot on the heels of gropey Joe Biden's son, Hunter, after gropey Joe Biden himself threatened to hold back a billion dollars of your tax money from the Ukraine if they did not fire a prosecutor looking into his son? Remember how Joe Biden actually bragged about son of a bitch? Six hours later, they fired that prosecutor. Even after Stormy Daniels, after hookers peeing on beds, and all the other made-up crap that they threw at him. The media still refuses to accept, acknowledge, or even report on the fact that under Donald Trump, this nation, under God, 
was prospering at the highest levels in many, many decades. Prospering in stock market figures, prospering by having record low unemployment figures, especially the historically lowest unemployment numbers for the AA 13% African-American minority population, the lowest unemployment numbers for Hispanics, and the highest job participation rates for minorities in history. Yes, even after a return to manufacturing in the U.S. from overseas, and for the first time in 70 years, the United States was a net exporter of oil and natural gas, and it was all thanks to one man's leadership. Well, boys and girls, oh, and by the way, I only say well, boys and girls, because there are only two genders, boys and girls. So I'll say it again. Well, boys and girls, the Democrats and their willing lapdoggies in the mainstream leftist media have been lying to you and telling you that Trump's COVID-19 economy is in the toilet bowl. Because supposedly, right now, we're in the midst of the worst economy since the Great Depression. Or so they tell you. It seems that the media has completely forgotten about Barack Hussein Obama and gropey, feely, touchy Joe Biden's Great Recession. And they don't want you to know, they don't want you to understand, they don't want you to realize that yesterday, September 14th, 2020, nine and a half months after those record high closings for a year on the stock market, yesterday's Dow Jones Industrial Average stock market number was, drum roll please, 28,061.74. And that, boys and girls, is only 476 points lower than the highest Dow Jones yearly closing numbers ever recorded under Donald Trump. Way, way, way back in 2019. And for those of you paying attention, the NASDAQ yesterday closed at 11,201 points which in this horrible Trump economy happens to be 2,228 points higher than its record closure at the end of 2019. And the S&P 500 index, you know, standards and poors, the poor people's stock market, it yesterday closed at 3,406 points, which is 175 points higher than its record December 2019 year-end close. So please tell me, how the high-end stocks, the middle-ground stocks, and the common-man stocks can be doing this well if the Trump COVID economy sucks so badly. After eight years of Obama and Biden blaming George W. Bush for their crappy eight-year economy, after eight years of an exhale, the economic cycle finally had had enough, especially when it realized that a contributor to not a taker from the government, a man who actually created thousands of jobs and created millions and millions of dollars in tax revenue by starting and operating businesses instead of organizing against them or sitting in Congress for 47 years and having absolutely nothing positive to show for it. Yes, boys and girls, when business leaders realized that an outsider, from a political standpoint, a businessman was going to be elected president, 
instead of a career politician with a history of corruption. When a political outsider business leader with an independent mindset won the 2016 election, that, boys and girls, is when businesses started looking up, when the economy started to improve, and when the nation's unemployed started working on a wholesale level. When the minority community finally got to experience the American dream, to participate in the economy instead of sucking off of it. When the minority community started to pay taxes and started to realize that working and earning a paycheck was much more enjoyable and lucrative than sitting around waiting on the third of the month for a paltry pittance, a small payout, a subsistence stipend, that's when the minorities actually started to experience what it felt like to be part of our country instead of a victim of it. At that point, boys and girls, when the economy was churning along, that's when the Democrats realized that their power base was in heap big trouble. So they hatched a multifaceted, omnidirectional plan to take their ball and go home like a spoiled child on a playground. But not only did they want to take their ball and go home, they set out to destroy the playground and then to corrupt the game. They started out with the fake Russian collusion hoax, and when that didn't work, they tried hookers peeing on hotel beds. They brought out Stormy Daniels and the Ukraine lies. The FISA court abuses based on made-up phony dossiers paid for by Hillary Clinton, and all of the other he said, she said, they said, it said, BS. The uncorroborated, unsubstantiated, unsupported falsehoods against Donald Trump. And none of it worked. So they had to come up with more and more extravagant lies and made-up crises. First, they overhyped a virus and they scared the crap out of the nation over a virus that has been around for centuries in different strains, you know, like the variations on the yearly flu. But this time, they and their willing media accomplices exaggerated the death count by hundreds of percentage points. They ordered coroner's offices to exaggerate the numbers and to even claim that car crash victims were the result of the virus, and fire deaths, and cancer deaths, and gunshot deaths, and suicides, and overdose deaths, and actual flu deaths, and pneumonia deaths, Alzheimer's deaths, and even construction accident deaths, all claimed as COVID deaths. They, the primary Democrat mayors and governors, then hatched an insidious plan to shutter the entire economy. They forced millions of Americans, especially those newly hired minorities, out of work, either by forcing businesses to close or limit their numbers to the point where they could not afford to stay open. They classified those minorities as, quote, non-essential workers, unquote. What an insult, especially to the minority group that you claim their lives matter. Yet now you're calling them non-essential. And not one minority leader complained or cried racism when the Democrats insulted them in that fashion. The non-essential, your lives and jobs don't matter, 13% double A newly unemployed and now laid off crowd. And when businesses closed and the unemployment rate went from the lowest percentage in history to near record highs, the Democrats praised 
and did what Democrats do. They blamed the Republican President of the United States. And the sheeple, too ignorant or politically uneducated to understand it or realize it, believed the hype. They believed the rumor and they believed the out-and-out bull. The sheeple, too ignorant or too politically uninformed, were never told on mainstream liberal leftist media that it was the Democrat governors of the states that failed to plan for, prepare for, and stock the necessary supplies to handle this crisis, this pandemic. The pandemic, by the way, that we have been warned about for decades. And those governors, some who have been around for many, many, many years, they failed to plan for it. Understand that first, it is a city mayor and city council's responsibility for emergency operations planning and contingency preparedness. If a crisis grows beyond the capability of a city, then the county steps in. When the county's resources are depleted, they ask the governor for help. And by God, it is the governor's job in each state to supply for, prepare for, and properly plan for addressing various types of crises. Surely, a governor in a state, especially one run by an efficient, intelligent, effective, proficient, educated Democrat governor, can handle a crisis, right? Surely, a Democrat governor should have the insight, the foresight, and the leadership qualities to handle a virus outbreak, right? Surely a Democrat governor with aspirations one day to be the president would have the leadership ability to prepare his state for a crisis? Right? If you took any time to research anything regarding the handling of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019, you would know for a fact several important things here are at play. Number one, it is, it was, and it always will be the individual state governor's responsibilities to plan for such a crisis at the state level. And secondly, if and only if a governor has failed to properly plan for, failed to prepare for, and failed to stock the necessary materials and manpower to address a crisis, any crisis, it is at that point that the governor's failure can cause a request for federal assistance. It's right there in the Stafford Act, the Robert T. Stafford Disaster and Emergency Assistance Act. In fact, a 10-second search on the interwebs revealed the following fact. The Robert T. Stafford Disaster Relief and Emergency Assistance Act, better known as the Stafford Act, is a 1988 United States federal law designed to bring an orderly and systematic means of federal natural disaster assistance for state and local governments in carrying out their responsibilities to aid citizens. Congress's intention was to encourage states and localities to develop comprehensive disaster preparedness plans 
prepare for better intergovernmental coordination in the face of a disaster, encourage the use of insurance coverage, and provide federal assistance programs for losses due to a disaster. It is an amended version of the Disaster Relief Act of 1974. The Stafford Act was not created during Trump's term. It calls for states to prepare for disaster, to plan for disaster. And if and when they are overwhelmed, they can ask Uncle Sam for federal financial assistance. It is still and always has been the state's responsibility first and foremost. So, my students of important stuff, when you hear whiny crybaby governors like Andrew Cuomo of New York crying and whining and begging and accusing Donald Trump, you must first understand, realize, and accept the fact that Cuomo failed miserably in his task of being ready for this crisis. You must admit and concede to the fact that he is only blaming Donald Trump because it is his attempt to shift the blame away from his own failure as governor. Sure, the economy is a bit sluggish right now, but it is because and only because the nation was shut down by the pandemic, created, hatched, released, and even likely funded by the former Democrat president of these United States, Barack Hussein Obama, and his lapdog, gropey Joe Biden, who, by the way, Obama, not only personally visited the very lab where COVID-19 is now said to have come from, not the wet market lie down the street, but Obama used your tax dollars to fund research into viruses at the very same Chinese laboratory in Wuhan, China. Now, not only did we have to deal with the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus 2019, better known as the Kung Fu flu, we also have to deal with the false systemic racism allegations that the Democrats have embraced as their campaign mantra to try and get gropey Joe into the White House. That plan is also very insidious. First, we take a criminal thug, a low-life loser piece of human trash like George Floyd. We watch him resist arrest. We have video of him resisting arrest, refusing to comply with lawful orders of a police officer. We watch him high on fentanyl and other illegal drugs, by the way, in the act of passing a $20 counterfeit bill, which is a federal crime, 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 that makes him a criminal, refusing to get into the police car. Because he was high on drugs, he was extremely high and combative, and it took four officers to take him to the ground. And because his fat ass was very, very much out of shape and high on drugs, he succumbed to his own physical ailments while in the confinement of being arrested and placed into a patrol car. George Floyd is dead for one reason and one reason only, and that reason is George Floyd, period. So 
So anyway, the Democrats take this entire George Floyd fake racism narrative because he happened to be a double A 13 percenter and the police officer happened to be a Caucasian guy and they turned it into a false systemic racism allegation. They've caused the death of multiple police officers. They've caused billions of dollars in damage through riots, anarchy, protests, violent marches, and just downright destruction of property in many Democrat-controlled cities throughout the U.S. Meanwhile, in Republican-run cities, we don't stand for that crap, and we put those types of rebellion down immediately, as it should be. So we have murder hornets. Well, that didn't catch on. So let's try something else. How about we'll come up with fake climate change-caused wildfires on the West Coast, even though we know for a fact that arsonists have been arrested, have been subdued, and detained setting those fires and claiming that it's because of global warming. So you have this mismatch of hodgepodge garbage being levied against Donald Trump, all to try and make sure he is not reelected. Had the Democrats only embraced and accepted Donald Trump and worked with Donald Trump, one could only imagine how much good could have come from a working relationship. How much better off would our nation be if the Democrats had graciously accepted Trump's victory over Hillary Clinton in 2016 and worked with the president instead of spending four years on a vendetta against him? Four years of coup attempts, subversion, lies, false allegations, phony accusations, sham trials, sham impeachment attempts, fake news, and every other nasty trick in the Democrat playbook. And after realizing that Trump was not the evil prick they made him out to be, they could have worked with him to build a coalition government instead of creating a false narrative that America is some evil, systematically racist nation hell-bent on keeping minorities down, which ironically is exactly what the Democrats have done to minorities in this nation, to the 13% double A crowd for over 60 years. The Democrats claim that they want hope and change and equality, yet they promote and defend a 77-year-old rich white guy with a history of racial comments, a 47-year legacy of voting against minority interests, calling them predators, and writing the very law that puts so very many of them in jail. A man with a solid background of creating and promoting legislation against the very minority he now claims to want to help. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. What a crock of crap. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. You ain't black. You ain't black. 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 Steve Z and the truth hurts. And today, President Trump signed the historic Abraham Accords with Secretary Esper, Secretary Chow, Secretary Perdue, and Secretary Devos. 
America is leading in the Middle East again. The Middle East under Trump has seen Bahrain, Israel, peace. United Arab Emirates, Israel, peace. Tough sanctions against Iran. And two thug criminals, Soleimani and al-Baghdadi, dead. Congratulations, President Trump, on doing something that other presidents for decades have claimed but have failed to do. On Monday, Democrat nominee Joe Biden condemned President Trump as a, quote, climate arsonist, unquote, predicting that if the president wins re-election in November, America will witness more hellish events like fires in the West, flooding in the Midwest, and hurricanes on the East Coast. He effectively promised that if he wins, America will suffer from fewer fires, fewer floods, and fewer hurricanes. Although Biden excoriated Trump for ignoring the facts and denying reality, he focused his remarks on the wildfires currently ravaging California, Washington State, and Oregon. Fires which, by the way, were exacerbated by bad forest management more than any sort of climate change, and the fact that arsonists, actual people with matches, and stupid idiots doing crazy gender reveals using fireworks of different colors caused the latest fires on the West Coast. Biden said, if you give a climate arsonist four more years in the White House, why would anyone be surprised if we have more of America ablaze? If you give a climate denier four more years in the White House, why would anyone be surprised when more of America is underwater? Donald Trump's climate deal, excuse me, Donald Trump's climate denial may have not caused these fires and record floods and record hurricanes, but if he gets a second term, these hellish events will continue to become more common, more devastating, and more deadly. Meanwhile, Donald Trump warns that integration is threatening our suburbs. It's ridiculous. But you know what is actually threatening our suburbs, Biden said? Wildfires are burning the suburbs on the West. Floods are wiping out suburban neighborhoods in the Midwest. Hurricanes are imperiling suburban life along our coast. If we have four more years of Donald Trump's climate denial, how many suburbs will be burned from wildfires? How many suburban neighborhoods will have been flooded out? How many suburbs would have been blown away in superstorms? Biden's argument boils down to the idea that burning fossil fuels is the key cause behind all worsening of extreme weather events. Other contributing factors be damned. Those who disagree are deniers of science, according to Biden. Never mind the fact that claims of a climate change consensus are misleading and overblown, or the fact that climate's alarmist predictions have been proven wrong time and time again for over half a century. Biden's remarks were open with a discussion of the devastating wildfires in the West. He noted the damage in the past two years has reached nearly $50 billion in California alone, and that this year nearly 5 million acres have burned in 10 states. He said locals living in the shadow of an orange sky are asking, is doomsday here? Listen, those wildfires are horrific, but climate change isn't the reason. When it comes to wildfire mitigation in particular, it has a lot to do with simply 
making sure you don't have a pileup of dried leaves and brush and pine needles, things that they call duff. You know, dried up organic matter from the forest floor that will go up in flames as soon as the smallest spark is struck. Clearing the forest floor is thankless work and it's far more efficient to set a small controlled fire and let nature do the job for you, but sometimes those fires get out of hand. Climate activists have opposed the harvesting of dead trees and the aggressive clearing of brush. Governor Jerry Brown, the Democrat of California, vetoed forest management attempts in 2016. California's forests don't get the work they need because private landowners fear liability and they fear even more controlled burns. Cal Fire doesn't have enough resources to prioritize those controlled burns and strict climate regulations make it very difficult for those burns to ever get approved. President Trump encouraged California to use proper forest management techniques to combat wildfires. He noted the forest fires are starting again in California. Quote, I said you gotta clean your floors, you gotta clean your forest. There are many, many years of leaves and broken trees and they're like so flammable, you touch them and it goes up. Of course, all the climate change wackos blaming mankind for this type of natural disaster don't realize that California has been experiencing mega droughts lasting 220 plus years over the past 1100 years, a period of time long before the advent of fossil fuel power plants, SUVs, and people not driving Priuses. Wildfires in California, like wildfires in Colorado, are nothing new. Poor forest management, however, not climate change, is the true culprit. If Joe Biden thinks merely talking about forest management constitutes blaming the victim, it seems he's unlikely to have the common sense, the knowledge, and the intelligence to champion policies that would restrain the spread of wildfires in places like California. Biden didn't just promise fewer and less devastating fires if he wins in November. He also promised to cut down on floods and hurricanes. He attributes those natural disasters also to climate change, as if floods had never happened in the Midwest and hurricanes had never hit the United States before humans started burning fossil fuels. Although the Midwest did experience some devastating floods last year, floods in that area are not new. The Great Mississippi Flood of 1927 was the most destructive river flood in U.S. history, and it came only a few decades after the invention of the automobile, of which there were very few. Midwest floods are not new. Huge floods proved torrential in the 1920s. No president can prevent flooding, and you can't blame flooding on man-caused climate change. Andrew Cuomo, the Democrat moron idiot governor of New York, suggested that there were no hurricanes hitting New York before the devastating impacts of climate change. Yet, analysis of sedimentary evidence of New Jersey has proven that major hurricanes struck the New York, New Jersey area multiple times between 1278 and 1438, long before the development of the internal combustion engine. 
To the hammer and sickle of climate alarmism and government regulation, every natural disaster is a nail. Biden attacks Trump as a climate arsonist, but he's the one using natural disasters as a rhetorical weapon against Donald Trump. There's no evidence that more stringent regulations on fossil fuels will prevent wildfires, floods, hurricanes, or any other natural disaster that has plagued America for centuries, long before the development of fossil fuels or mankind's pollution. Using California's rolling blackouts as concrete evidence that forced transition to green energy not only makes energy more expensive, but more scarce for society, Biden's energy policies, in line with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her Green New Deal, could bring California's rolling blackouts to the rest of our nation and shut down automobile and truck and train and airplane traffic for many, many years to come. I'd like to offer my special thanks to Tyler O'Neill, the contributor to PJ Media for this last segment. It is truth, it is fact, and unfortunately, boys and girls, sometimes the truth hurts. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought, I thought this was going to be the end of the, of the show. Hold on, folks. I just, you heard the ding. I just got an email, and it is from the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. Now, how the hell did they get my email address? It says, team... You may have seen our email earlier this week about televangelist Pat Robertson's vitriolic attacks on Black Lives Matter, where he labeled our movement as an attempt to destroy Christianity. For seven years, we've fought together, we've grown together, and we've won together. We show up together, we show up for each other. For Pat Robertson to attack Black Lives Matter as anything but inclusive is not just dangerously improper, it's an aberrant, offensive attack to our many Christian siblings that stand among our movement against white supremacy. Then it wants you to sign the petition and send in a donation. As black people, we carry over 400 years of the legacy of slavery with us every day. It lingers throughout our bodies, our communities, and our cities. It's something we can't just shrug off. And from the very beginning, Black Lives Matter has strived to tackle this weight through spiritual healing, principles, and practices in our racial justice work. We don't deserve to be killed with impunity, and no matter how difficult it gets, we must love ourselves. We have always strived for liberation through ourselves and through one another by connecting to our ancestors' strength on spiritual levels. Our community healing and resistance is just a fraction of our spiritual healing. Nothing about Black Lives Matter is anti-religious because we are pro-black and Black Lives Matter, all Black Lives Matter, no matter what religion you practice, who you love, how much money you make, and so forth. And then it says again, please sign our petition as we call on the Christian Broadcasting Network to issue an apology to Black Lives Matter and its leadership immediately. We stand together against divisive tactics that come our way. And as always, when they go low, we go high. In love and solidarity, the Black Lives Matter Global Foundation Network. And then there's a donate button. I'm going to hit the unsubscribe button here because I didn't subscribe to begin with. 
and I want nothing at all to do. Oh, by the way, when you hit the unsubscribe button, it asks you to update your email address. It says, welcome back, Truth Hurts program. Update your email address. Save changes and then unsubscribe. Yes, unsubscribe me. You've been unsubscribed from the BLM Global Network list. Well, thank God for that. This is the Truth Hurts program. Sorry, that just seemed like it needed to be said. I'm your host, Steve Z, and we'll see you next time. Of course, unless BLM finds the Studio 63 location here deep in the bayou and decides to do some Christian healing. (laughs) What a joke. Did you take the Trump COVID-19 vaccine? The manufacturer has reported the following symptoms caused by the Trump vaccine. Nausea, headache, fatigue, sadness, Trump derangement syndrome, anger, violent outbursts, a desire to riot, commit arson, assault and battery, or other destructive tendencies. If you took the Trump approved vaccine and experienced any of these symptoms, you may be entitled to cash compensation. Call the law firm of Dewey, Screwem, and Indias now for a free consultation. Studies show that people taking the Trump vaccine may have experienced serious health issues. Don't wait. The time to file is limited to the remainder of Trump's second term. Call Dewey, Screwem, and Indias now. 1-800-VACCINE-SUCKS. 1-800-VACCINE-SUCKS. I am a non-attorney spokesperson. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Thank you for listening. We hope that this presentation has enlightened you to the things that may have been hidden from you. This is where we bring darkness to light, turn fiction into reality, and exercise our First Amendment right to free speech. Here is where the double standard is exposed and displayed for all to see. We sincerely hope that we've helped you to open your eyes to what's going on in the real world. The Truth Hurts program is produced at Studio 63 in Bayou Country, in affiliation with Steve Knight Productions. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. No animals were harmed in the making of this program. It is fact. It is real. It is truth. And sometimes, the truth hurts.